Welcome to Money Talks, a series of interviews with me, Liam Halligan, Economics and Business Editor of GB News. In this episode, I talk to Richard Bartlett, UK and Ireland Manager of ClearNow, a global company specialising in logistics and customs clearance. As the global economy struggles to reboot after lockdown, supply chain issues hindering the movement of goods within and between countries are a major source of inflation. Such snarl-ups push up prices for producers which then get passed on, while slowing down economic growth as well. Richard Bartlett gives an insider's account of how the operations of UK supply chains and ports have been impacted by both Brexit and lockdown. So Richard Bartlett, you are the UK and Ireland manager of ClearNow, which is a global California-based company that specialises in customs clearance and, and managing logistics and supply chains. How did you end up in this job? Uh, quite bizarrely, actually. I, was, um, I had 16 years of running my own logistics company, specialising in Europe and worldwide. And then about five or six years ago, I was involved with the Institute of Exports um, on their Brexit, you know, working, helping many businesses, institutes, how to understand how Brexit was going to affect them on documentation, customs. And really, that's I've been doing workshops, probably workshops every day for the last three and a half years. Worked in Ireland on the north and the south, in Newry and uh, Dublin, worked for Irish Customs, HMRC. Uh, and then I've been brought in to clear now on the supply chain to see a digitalised world. We're going into more digitised under the WTO, the World Trade Organisation, which is the fundamental of trade around the world, based in Switzerland. And really, our our principle at clear now is to make the solution and make, the, make everything a lot smoother. So when goods come in, people have real time, they can sort things out. It has sustainability because obviously everything's digital. And we see ourselves as the Uber, as you know, working with logistics companies, clearing goods, getting it to the end consumer, which is the most important thing. When you've appeared on the, uh, on the Money Show, uh, when we've had discussions about supply chains, I've often described you as somebody who's really at, at the, at the coalface of this supply chain issue uh, and and we need to talk about that but first I want to talk about Brexit because in the years running up to Brexit after the referendum before we actually uh, went into the transition period and then left three or four years later you have been really heavily involved in devising those systems so in in a nutshell before we drill down how is it going for the UK in terms of the efficacy of our customs imports and exports procedures in a post-Brexit world. Is it getting smoother? Um, There's two ends to this, and this is what people have to understand. The UK on importing, so goods coming into the UK, is actually still in a transition period. So that's not changed. So goods are allowed to arrive into the UK with limited documentation and customs clearance, we call a simplified. For exporters, unfortunately, they were sold down the river on the first day of January. They was moving goods into Europe many, many issues at ports, at countries. Each of the 27 member states created their own customs procedure, which created a lot of confusion to a lot of businesses. Health certificates were required for just normal goods leaving the UK. And for exports, it's been a huge challenge. Anybody in parcels, anything that delivered into, into Europe, it's been probably a disaster for them. People dealing with Amazon, Amazon moved the production into Europe. They refused to help businesses and made the businesses in the UK have a subsidiary in Europe 
that's caused major, major problems for the supply chain into Amazon because now anybody exporting, anybody servicing Europe in any way within the European uh, community, all the goods have to go into Amazon. That's created major, major problems for a lot of businesses in the UK. Do you think the EU's made it particularly difficult for the UK? And if so, can you expand on that? I think the EU have just played by the book. I think the deal that we, we created, you know, it's a deal there. I think what the EU have done, they've, they've kept to the procedure. I don't think they've made it particularly easy. Um, but we're certainly now starting to see businesses within UK adopt, starting to get used to it. That, I mean, I've done lengths and lengths of training on documentation, on customs, because you've got to remember the UK was ne has always been part of a 28-member state. So when you're moving goods for anybody today, is you would move goods as if you was moving it from London to Manchester. Yeah. That suddenly changed overnight for a lot of business, and all of a sudden, to move goods, they've had to have the commodity cause, the Inca terms, all these critical areas that have huge effects on the British business. And that's been a huge challenge. Some have done it very well, and some have had huge challenges on the exports, on the imports. What's happened on the imports is um, the tsunami's waiting to happen. And I think the UK government are fully aware of that. They know there's a major problem coming when health certificates are announced or released. Now they've been delayed and delayed. That'll be on the 1st of July. But actually on the 1st of January, we'll now enter a customs world where goods entering the UK will have to be on a full customs declaration. That's a huge challenge for many businesses in the UK. Isn't it up to the British government, though, how it manages that challenge? Because that's the end of the operation that you know, we're, we're in charge of. They could, they could keep it relatively easy if they wanted to, couldn't they? I think they will, Liam, to be honest. I think, I think the, for the faults or however we describe it, I think the UK government have helped importers. They've helped people sustain or try and sustain the level of business that's imports coming in. Not sure on the exports, but unfortunately they don't have that control. Yeah. They can control what's coming in. They've been very good on some of the third country duties, if anybody's understand when you bring goods in. If you've not got the origin of the products, that then creates a dutable rate. So mm. a customer then has to pay, a business has to pay a duty. That's passed on to the consumer. So they've tried to reduce a lot of that to make the, the, the impact on businesses, on you know, your supermarkets, from your supermarkets to normal business, toy industry. They've tried to keep that at a minimum. So they've done a lot of good things on that. But on the exports, that's been a huge challenge for a lot of exporters. And we have this divide. You know, on one hand, Boris is obviously wants us to be a, an export in global trade. They've done some terrific deals around the world. But actually, there's a lot of exporters who have no idea how to, how to export. Santander recently on the barometer, 70% uh, of businesses don't export because of bureaucracy, because borders, they don't know how the challenges affect their business, so they stop exporting them because it's too much of a challenge for them, which is... So that, that's a survey by a major bank, Santander, as you say, and you think there's a lot of pent-up pent exports potential that isn't happening because of the bureaucracy. That, that's not a post-Brexit thing, is it? That's been there for a while. No, but I, I think what you've got to understand, Liam, is that you know, when we move goods into, into Europe, it was quite straightforward because we had the accumulation agreement. So if we move goods into Europe or we imported some goods, we put it together, we export it out, it was an origin of an EU. So we had a lot of benefits when we were trading around the world. You know, the UK now stands alone. You know, the origin plays a critical role for a lot of businesses because your origin is your UK origin. With trade deals, trade deals are fantastic around the world. But unless you have the origin of the product, there's no, you know, the advantage isn't as great as somebody who's working under a third country where he's having to pay duties and he's got lots of other um, documentation, lots of other issues with 
duty and the Inca term plays a key role in that and we're trying to advise British businesses to really think about the Inca terms in this supply chain area it's kind of a it's like a circus you know the supply chain is like a circus everybody's taking no responsibility I think British businesses need to take responsibility and actually understand what is best for them to bring goods into the UK to service the customers and then how to import it understand the documentation and then to export it back out if we get that right I think we'll be okay we are seeing now aerial photos of major ports like Felixstowe showing them snarled up and not enough containers and not enough HGV drivers to move the containers around. We're seeing importers into Britain diverting container ships to the European continent and putting their goods on trucks there and getting them into Britain a different way rather than going through our ports. To what extent are the issues at our ports that have developed over this summer, to what extent are they a Brexit phenomenon, so unique to the UK, and to what extent, Richard, are they a global phenomenon? I think they're more global, Liam. I think we can't blame this on UK government. I think this is a global issue. I think we, we are so reliant on China and Asian markets to bring goods in. And the Asian market with COVID and the issues, I mean, just to give a you an example. closed factories. Absolutely. They, they rely, I mean, China works on zero COVID. So when there was any issues within a port, a port would be closed down. We had Shenzhen closed this, this year for over 26 days. That's a huge effect because it's the backlog. Goods are not then coming out. And what's happening then is goods are being stuck at Felixstowe, obviously, because we've got a supply chain problem. And then the goods, obviously, as the containers come in, because certain containers can only come into Felixstowe, and that's a big issue because then they can't release the goods because there's no space. So they move into Rotterdam, as we said, release the goods there. That, people have to understand, that is a cost to British businesses who ultimately then pass it on to the consumer. And that's one of the biggest worries, and I think this is where... Uh, the UK government need to tackle this. They need to look at it. You know, we need an infrastructure. There's no doubt that British market is a, is is a very for a lot of countries around the world they want to deal with the UK. There's no doubt about that. But if we don't have the infrastructure, this is going to fail. So I mean, it, it's very important for the UK government to address this. It's a long term. This is a long term strategy. It's not short term. They need to speak to the ports and get a system in place. Are the issues we're seeing at Felixstowe unique to Felixstowe or are they going beyond to other British ports? Are there logistics snarl-ups in very other British ports now, Richard? Uh, we're seeing slight snarl-ups there. I mean, the main port, obviously, is Felixstowe. We're seeing Liverpool not too bad because, obviously, it's not handling the vast majority. We have to remember Felixstowe is in the top 10 globally around the world that handles cargo. But we're already seeing problems around the world, so we're not just seeing uh, Felixstowe. But uh, this, you know, we have to look on our own soil and this is an, an area we really need to address. We all talked about Brexit, the snarl up in Dover. It's not happened. You know, them, them vehicles are still moving. Yes, there's problems because there's documentation problems, but actually things are moving quite smoothly. So, you know, it can, things can work. It's just having a structure in place that works. So if we look at these um, supply chain issues in the round, you think it's less to do with Brexit and more to do with a global issue. You're not saying there aren't, post-Brexit issues, we've discussed them already, but you think overall the supply chain issues that lots of British businesses are experiencing, that a lot of British consumers are starting to feel, particularly in the run-up to Christmas, that's not a uniquely British Brexit-driven phenomenon? Not at all. 
No, I mean, Brexit just adds on to a, a scale where we could normally just go to Europe and buy our goods in. We've now got the same issues with customs, so that's created a few problems in itself. But no, this is global, and this is, and this is so reliant on, on, on a market, yet there's so many interesting opportunities for British businesses where they can look further afield. You know, there's some great opportunities within the GSP countries, you know, closer to home, there's, there's some great opportunities. You know, we're seeing manufacturing change, and I think there'll be a big shift, Liam. Over the years. I think China will always be a global powerhouse, there's no question about that. But we'll see a shift. We'll see companies now, rather than looking at Vietnam, rather than looking at China, they'll start to see closer to home. And just to give you an example, I've got a client now who's moved from Vietnam to Lithuania um, and Slovenia, and they've got a much shorter lead time. The costing's not so bad because the container price is so high at the moment, and labour costs in China are, so, are getting higher and higher, that actually the, the, the price now is, is not as low as it was many years ago when we used to obviously import those. So I think we'll see a shift there. And we'll certainly see some advantages with some of the trade deals that the UK are adopting at the moment, which is very, it's quite exciting from, from somebody who's in supply chain. I think there's some great opportunities for UK businesses. Tell us about the broader supply chain issues that you're experiencing in your own work, Richard, that you're hearing about uh, in the logistics industry and so on, going beyond the very now widely understood issues relating to containers and ports and HGV drivers. What else is going on in, in supply chains that are, I mean, causing so many people to talk about supply chains when they hadn't thought about them at all ever in their lives? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, I've become popular all of a sudden with supply chain, which always surprises me. I always think supply chain. No, I think there's issues. I think we have a shortage of work, shortage. One interesting real thing is I spend every day with businesses. It's no question I'm training, I'm doing workshops, I work for a lot of chambers and internationals. We're seeing businesses growing. Lots of businesses are growing. The problem they have on the strategies is how they can go it to another level because they've got staff shortages. Obviously, COVID's had a huge effect on that. But we'll start to see us coming out of that over the next year, hopefully, as COVID starts to hopefully settle down. Uh, we're seeing issues, really, people not understanding the market. So, under, and what why explain that is, you know, we've always dealt with the market, we've always imported, and I'll give everybody a prime example, a company in, importing from Europe, they've imported from the same supplier for many years, all of a sudden that supplier's buying them products from other places, and as the goods arrive into the UK, they're being hit with 6 to 14% duty on the product, so that's been a big challenge for a lot of businesses, not understanding origin, which plays a critical role when a trade deal is, is announced, and this is where I think UK government needs to be more understand them need to have more workshops for people to understand how an FTA works and how the origin of the product plays a critical role in that because I think that's caught a lot of businesses out in the UK and ultimately what's happening Liam I'll be very honest with you a lot of companies are absorbing that cost they're keeping it because they don't want to pass it on but eventually you can only do it for so long. So companies these higher logistic costs companies are absorbing them themselves they're not yet passing on that supply chain inflation onto consumers, but it's there and eventually it will get expressed as consumer price inflation, or if not, the company will go bust. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to have to change, or they change the module. The model of a company they have to change, and that's, I think that's a real challenge. One of the key areas, you know, we'd, you know and I don't want to confuse uh, the customers today, but Inca Terms plays a critical role in that. Just explain what that is, Inca terms. What is that? So Inca term is a term of sale. So when you're buying your product from China or from Europe, you, you agree a term of sale. And, that, and that's the responsibility, whatever you agree. So if you agree 
and I'll use short words here and I apologize to everybody. So use FCA and FCA basically means that the supplier in China's only responsibility is to load a container that you've supplied. Yeah. Now this is a problem then because all of a sudden the price has gone through the roof. For the containers. Yeah, there's a supply chain issue, but you've got all the responsibility to supply the container and get it to the factory. Now, if they would have changed that maybe to CFR or, or DAP, that gives it, then the supplier then has to supply the container directly to the oh, customer's store. So the customer then doesn't have all these worries about what's happening because ultimately it's the responsibility of the supplier. Also, if anything happens, we've seen just recently, you know, we've seen a lot of issues at water with ships, you know, where we've seen containers fall over. People have seen have... the Suez Canal blockage, remember yeah. that? Well, that, you know, I was with a customer who lost fortune on that. They had 60, I think, 60 containers on there. They run out of time because of the supply chain lead, so they run yeah. out of time. They had a huge insurance, and, and that's the problem. And I don't think people realise, and I always try and explain to people when, as a business, when you're importing from some, or even exporting, make sure you get your term of sales right because that has a huge effect on your business. Because, you know, once it's coming in, it's your responsibility. If you push the responsibility to your supplier, you know, at least it, it saves that extra cost that's hitting you. You can agree your purchase order, agree the price. It's then up to the supplier then to supply it. We had a budget at the end of October in which the Chancellor lent heavily on a forecast of growth this year of 6.5% and 6% next year. I can't remember when the UK grew at 6% at least for two years in a row, the same rate as China, roughly. It strikes me that the very technical issues that you're explaining well, but they're not exactly headline news most of the time, are they, with all respect? These could really stymie the growth of the British economy, couldn't they? Is that what you're seeing at the coalface? Yeah, I mean, I think the UK has a, has a wonderful opportunity here. The problem is, is that with, you know, when it's addressed from government, I don't think they're really addressing it. They're not giving the trip. They've released a fund again to support businesses of how to do documentation. But actually, with the free trade agreements in place, there's some global opportunities for UK businesses. But the forefront of that is your SMEs. Liam, the smaller, SM, medium-sized enterprises. They're the ones who... They are, need to learn yes. how to yep. do the bureau yep. bureaucracy that will allow them to take advantage of these yep. trade deals we've already done yep. and the trade deals that will come to drive growth, that's what you're saying. Yeah, because if you're, you know, I've always said to companies, if you're supplying in the UK a product, there's no reason why you can't supply that product around the world. Yeah, if you scale up. If you scale up. And the scale up is interesting. Most companies who scale up have an increase of 30% if they export. Right. So it's there, you know, there's, you know, we know that, we know the figures. And and I think this is where the UK government with with the DIT, or DTI as it's known as now, have really got to push this across to businesses. I'm not sure that link is sometimes there and businesses get confused. I've had, you know, just today I've had five emails from different businesses who want training yeah. because they're getting so confused with moving. Uh, and you think government and the Department for International Trade in particular has to grab that. And, but that's for the future. What about in the here and now, the supply chain issues that you're seeing, Richard, do you see them really stymieing growth? We had big growth in the early part of this year. It looked like it was a very sharp V-shaped bounce back. Yet when these supply chain issues came to the fore over the summer, growth stalled and it's still not looking particularly good. Do you see the supply chain issues at the coalface uh, as an explanation for that slow growth? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, it's, it's stifled because the, the, the chain is not working. 
And it's, you know, you have two issues here. If containers are not arriving into the UK, you can't then send the container back. So you have an issue on your export. So you don't just have an issue on your imports yeah. coming in. You've got many forwarders or shipping lines or people who are in this industry are struggling to get containers to leave because the containers are not here. Yeah. So, so that's one problem. So it stifles your exports. And this is why UK government needs to really focus on, on and understand how supply chain works. Because if it doesn't come in, you can't send it back out. You know, it was very clear in Brexit on the, on the EU uh, in 16 years of trading into Europe, loading 40, 50 groupies trailers a week, I didn't load one single English driver. You know, it was always Eastern European, it was Austrian, it was Portuguese, it was Spanish. You know, when we stopped that, you know, that was a huge effect. So again, you've got that shortage again. So, you, you know, on one hand, you want that growth, but you've got to allow that growth to happen by supporting businesses and freight forwards and logistics companies to help businesses to move the goods. That's critical. Richard Barlett, it's really good to talk to you. Thank yeah, you. thanks, Liam. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Thanks a lot for listening to Money Talks with me, Liam Halligan, Economics and Business Editor of GB News. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube or wherever you're listening. Do subscribe to this podcast and also check out my daily television show, On The Money, at 1pm Monday to Friday on GB News or via the GB News app. GB News. Britain's news channel.